the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we're working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Join our conversation. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. And as our 16th president so succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next well done, Abraham Lincoln, right? Yes. <laughs> he foresaw it, we knew it, and uh, or he, he foresaw it and knew it, and here we are um, reaping what we are seeing in the classrooms. And Absolutely. Week in and week out, we seem to have so much to talk about, and uh, this is no exception today. This is. This is no exception, and no. tonight we have... Um, a wonderful guest with us this evening. And again, she has been with the show many times and we always appreciate just absolutely the depth of knowledge that she brings. So mm-hmm. tonight we are, we'll be speaking with Catherine Kirsten um, from the Center of the American Experiment. And Catherine is going to be chatting with us about the Ethnic Studies Bill that is barreling mm-hmm. through the Capitol right now. Um, at rapid pace. And um, the bill has been heard in six different committees, and it has had a lot of controversy surrounding it. Catherine is a writer, an attorney, and a senior policy fellow and director at the Center for the American Experiment. Catherine, it is always a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, it's wonderful to be with you. That's great. Well, um, we'd love to have you really dive in, as we kind of talked about right before we went on air uh, dive into the bill's provisions um, regarding the ethnic studies. And obviously, this is something that would affect all of Minnesota schools. You know, this is not just, um, we know it's happening already in St. Paul, and I think you're going to address that today in, in our show. Um, but what they're doing and modeling in St. Paul is really um, quite clear what they want to do across the state. So I would like it if you'd tie us into really what's happening with these bills, what what's involved in the bills, how does it relate to the teacher standards, um, because a lot of the language sounds the same as what they've added to the teacher training standards as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, so just, you know, start to fill us in here. So um, there have been uh, a number of bills at the legislature that uh, that touch on or incorporate in some way uh, the the larger uh, critical social justice ideology that is the the source of ethnic studies and much, much else. And 
I, I think one of the biggest stories is that there is no story here as far as our our mainstream media is concerned. Virtually nobody has reported on the way that this critical social justice ideology is woven uh, throughout so many bills uh, and and statutes. uh, One of the fundamental uh, sort of cornerstones of of education in in our state that what it has to do with the evaluation and the review and the revision of curricula mm-hmm. it's called the world's best workforce mm-hmm. um, it, it has been uh, ethnic studies and so, uh, critical social justice ideology have been have been laced throughout this bill and mm-hmm. and other and bills are relating to uh, all, all kinds of things you know the way that principles are evaluated in their work, uh, the so-called achievement integration districts, mm-hmm. the teacher standards uh, of effective practice that you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, Rebecca, it, it, is, it permeates all of these now. And what it, what it does is to weaponize the foundational mechanics of the way K-12 education is, uh, is put together in our state. And if um, the, the, the bill, I'm thinking currently of what's called House File 2497, which is the omnibus, the uh, House mm-hmm. Omnibus Education Bill, if that passes as is, um, ethnic studies will be woven throughout all disciplines, including science and math. It will be K-12. It will be in the water, so to speak, yeah, of, yeah. of our public education. So, so let me, so what is it? Well, let me, let me give you an example. Um, uh, here, there are some initial definitions in the legislation uh, that give us a sense of what's underway. Now, they say that all curriculum and all uh, instruction, uh, that is what the teacher does in the classroom, sort of micromanaging, not just the, the, the materials used, but how the teacher uh, presents these. That uh, all, all will have to be, quote, anti-racist. Hmm. And what does that mean? Hmm. Well, of course, we're all anti-racist, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, we, none of us think that we're we're better than uh, our neighbor because of our skin color, for example. Mm-hmm. That's how racism is, is, is commonly understood, you know, common sense. Uh, here's how anti-racist is defined in this um, HF uh, 2497. Quote, anti-racist means actively working to identify and eliminate racism in all forms so that power and resources are redistributed and shared equitably among racial groups. Hmm. So this this is really calling on, this, this will be instructing students to actively work, starting in kindergarten, uh, to, to ensure that wealth is redistributed uh, among racial groups and, and power. Uh, you know, you, you might say our constitution defines uh, the way that that power is uh, is is shared or or exercised mm-hmm. throughout our our country. Mm-hmm. Whoops, nope, you know, yeah. uh, they they want to change that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All all curriculum and instruction must be culturally sustaining, which means it must quote infuse the culture and language of various quote people of color communities 
who have been and continue to be harmed and erased through schooling. I could go on, but that gives you a sense. But the point here is that this has largely escaped public notice entirely because of the of the way it's being presented by uh, DFO authors and kind of the the strategy machine. Mm -hmm. So um, here is the way that the Minnesota Ethnic Studies Coalition, which is a uh, uh, an extremist activist group that basically is behind this and in this bill, by the way, is given um, enduring and central power at the Minnesota Department of Education. Really? Here's how, oh my yeah, goodness. That's, a working group, a working ridiculous. group that never goes away. Wow. No sunset on this, a permanent working group at the Minnesota Department of Education that will come up with, with curricula, suggest teacher training. I mean, huge. And what's the name of that group again? It's called the Minnesota Ethnic Studies Coalition. So I've told you what what this is, and I could certainly tell you more Mm -hmm. about how, when they're not uh, talking to the camera or Mm -hmm. uh, Minnesota citizens, how they describe ethnic studies. But here's what they said in their testimony Mm -hmm. uh, before um, uh, the legislature on this. Quote, ethnic studies invite students to more deeply explore the many diverse cultures and histories within our state and country, and in doing so to gain a belief, I'm sorry, to gain a better understanding of themselves and their classmates, Mm -hmm. right? Sounds so innocuous, right? And so, so kind and warm. (laughs) Yeah, all all very, very intentional. You can be, Mm -hmm. you can be sure. Mm -hmm. So let me, let me, to, to contrast that, let me, let me read to you what one of the leaders of this group, Jonathan Hamilton, who's a professor at uh, McAllister College, he characterizes ethnic studies as a, quote, political struggle. Yeah. And he has mm-hmm. uh, denounced our state's education system as a, quote, white supremacist puzzle that must be taken apart and exposed mm-hmm. for the lie that it is. And he was so, on the teacher. He was on the revisionist, the revision yeah. uh, standards group for the social studies standards, right? Correct. Okay. And that's how they. That that was their first success. Uh-huh. Um, they this group, Minnesota um, Ethnic Studies Coalition, uh, dominated. The, of course, appointed by Governor Waltz's Department of Education, right. uh, dominated the revision of the social studies standards, which, by the way, are still awaiting formal. I was wondering. Okay. Yep. And why? Why? I mean, think how long ago that was. You know, right. So many months ago. Well, we speculate the reason is that uh, the Department of Ed does not want to go ahead uh, finalizing the formal rulemaking because uh, of, of problems they would have getting it, getting approval by the administrative law judge um, unless the law is changed, which they plan to do now. I, but for example, that's what this yeah. is about. Yeah, okay. so, they, so they added this so-called fifth strand of ethnic right. studies to the four mm-hmm. uh, strands, that is, um, you know, geography, history, citizenship, uh, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's what statute says social studies is. Well, they added an extra statutory uh, strand called ethnic studies. They, they did a number of other things that would be problematic in terms mm-hmm. of approval. So they, we believe, are waiting to to 
push to the end with formalizing the social studies standards okay. uh, until they pass this new law, and then you know there there won't be the same objections that exist now. I see. So I know that with the administrative law judge, the key is whether they followed the proper procedure. Correct. Correct. And correct. so Basically, what yeah. you're Basically. saying is he would have he or she would have said, well, you've added this fifth strand and that wasn't in the original legislation, right. so therefore you for can't yeah. do that. So now they're trying right. to legislate that fifth strand. Right. That makes no sense. Because mm. as I've been, I think I told you how busy I've been for the last year and a half. So I've, right. I've uh, right. you know, been trying to keep up on this, but this last session, it's been tough because they've had so many different things that they're trying to ramrod through. And yes. I wondered why do they need to pass this legislation when it's in the social studies standards? So now this explains everything. I see yeah. that 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 makes a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. interestingly, you know, we did have a big, well, I think thanks to a lot of your work and the work of the Center of the American Experiment, I think they had a lot of response regarding the new social studies standards. And, right. But then their final revisions didn't reflect much change. Why do you right. think that it's not getting out to the public um, more because, you know, I think that if people really understood it, there would yes. still be an outcry the way there was yes. when the standards were being rewritten. Yes. Um, well, I think it's not only getting out to the, uh, the truth, not only getting out to the public, it's not clear to, I would bet, most Minnesota legislators okay. of both parties because, uh, well, if you think about this new this HF 2497, which is the omnibus, the House omnibus education mm-hmm. bill. It is, the last time I looked, it was 314 pages long. Oh, my. Uh, so uh, they, they have been very shrewd in the way that they have used a kind of a glossy PR machine mm-hmm. uh, you know, with students who will testify uh, in, in favor of this, you know, I, I, I didn't feel good about not being, seeing myself in the curriculum and mm-hmm. I couldn't wear my costumes from my home country, blah, blah, blah. Um, and this will allow me to feel good about my, that, that kind of, yeah. that kind of PR spin. And, and then uh, I, I read you the, you know, one of the first lines in that, in uh, Minnesota Ethnic Studies Coalition, Testimony, mm-hmm. uh, even the even the authors, generally speaking, or that the, the real activists behind this are uh, they're they're presenting it in this in this simplistic and and very misleading way. Plus, it's just laced through so many parts of of current legislation right. that um, it's 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 a cross referenced or it's incorporated uh, with, with numbers, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mo- it really takes some digging yeah. to figure out uh, what what's going on. So our understanding is that there were six different bills, um, and I think that's probably what you're referencing here. But then you reference the omnibus bill, you know, which is obviously a conglomeration of takes legislation. Takes a bunch of, uh, yeah. yeah. Takes, and, and, and takes some proposals from a few Years ago, I mean the oh. uh, the people behind this have been have been pushing this. Of course, they weren't able last year to get to get much to happen because uh, there wasn't uh, control across uh, you know the, the legislature and the governor's mm-hmm. mansion. Uh, oh. Now they the floodgates have 
have opened. Yeah. So so there was a there was an, a true ethnic studies bill, House File 1502, and there were like the Teacher of Color bill. It was called. Um, there's the, uh, the the legislation necessary to finalize um, the the changes in standards of effective te- uh, teacher practice, mm-hmm. et cetera. So it's it's okay. all that stuff is kind of work. Mm-hmm. They've even hijacked the, the the so-called Holocaust bill. Do you remember? I'm sure that yes. uh, that in the social studies standards, mm-hmm. uh, Jewish leaders were very concerned initially because in their first draft, whatever a year and a half ago, yeah. um, there was no mention made of the Holocaust right. after World right. War during World War Two. So that. so um, legislation was introduced. Uh, to ensure that that well, wouldn't happen. However, it was basically appropriated by uh, the left and the, the so-called decolonization sort of movement that is to delegitimate uh, the foundations of our of our primary institutions. So, so what they did was to make it not only the the Holocaust after World War II or during World War II, but um, uh, Indians, uh, indigenous peoples. That's what leads that bill now. It's uh, there's major emphasis on uh, you know Minnesota uh, Indians and uh, claims of genocide, which are you know grossly, grossly uh, broadly defined. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's puffery. But mm-hmm. well, anyway, so that's go ahead. one example. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say too. It's interesting that they would that they would actually keep the Holocaust in, in there, even though it's, um, as you're saying, it's kind of buried now behind the indigenous people. But then if you look at the example curriculum of what, of what um, St. Paul Public Schools is already using this yeah. year, they're labeling, you know, Israel as Zionist and that they've, you know, made the Palestinians yeah. suffer. And, and so yeah. it's almost like, well, Sure, we're going to give a nod to these people who insist that we need to talk about the Holocaust, but imagine how that's going to be presented when the whole thrust of the curriculum is to undermine um, Jewish and, and Israel and, you know, yes. look at that as as um, something evil rather than something that needs to be preserved. So Yes, and, and we have very strong evidence of that yeah. uh, because that's exactly what happened in California. A couple of years ago, this is this is where all of this started, California, yes, and and there at least was a public conversation there about this. You know, do we really want something like this? No such conversation has happened here, but it was Jewish leaders, Jewish legislators in California, who insisted in a in a letter that many of them signed, a public letter, that uh, this not go forward in the form that that it had there. So I think the the, the activists here who are very strongly connected with the, the California activists, they, they learned a lesson. So uh. here, though, is, is Dr. Brian Lozinski, mm-hmm. who is one of the leaders of the, um, of the Minnesota Ethnic Studies Coalition and its parent organization, which is called Education for Liberation. So here is Dr. Lozinski, who testified for ethnic studies here, talking more candidly in an article in, in Convergence magazine mm-hmm. about what all this means. And he says, quote, ethnic studies explores the colonial roots 
of the dispossession of Palestinian land yes, yes. and the creation of Zionism. Mm-hmm. And we know that this stuff is also in, the, in these social studies standards, in examples there which were not publicly released, along with the standards and benchmarks, but which we foiled. Mm-hmm. So we so we have those. Yeah. But yeah, this this is waiting. You know, as soon as they get it in the schools, then we'll be seeing the uh, that the real uh, yeah what, what yeah. the real agenda is. Yeah, that is very concerning. And you know, I always find it interesting because I think as a group, um, people of Israeli descent here in the United States tend to vote as a group um, more Democrat. And I've always thought that that was interesting just because so often it seems to be that it's that party that doesn't tend to provide as much support to Israel. Um, And I don't want to get off on that tangent, but I think it's an important topic because it goes back to what do we, what are we voting for when we go to the polls? You know, um, do people know what they're signing up for when they are voting you know, the the Democrats into the governorship and into the Senate and into the House to give them this trifecta, um, do they know what they're voting for? And is this what the majority of Minnesotans want, do you think? Uh, the majority of Minnesotans do not want this. And we, we know this uh, not only, I think, from, from common sense, but we know it because Center of the American Experiment uh, did a poll on this recently, found that, as I recall, initially when people were asked if they if they supported, quote, ethnic studies, a majority did support it. However, when they were informed about what its real agenda is, mm-hmm. it's not you know, learning to learning more about your neighbors and their you know, cultures. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's essentially a transformative um, uh, ideology of the kind we've been we've been describing then uh people in were a majority were were concerned about it mm-hmm. and opposed it okay which is good and they've just been able to fly under the radar and the media yeah. seems to be giving them the support and help they need by not kind of broadcasting this story mm-hmm. not tracking at all yeah. but it, to your your point rebecca about um israel uh, what we what we see here, I mean, at first you might think, you know, well, Israel is, is a foreign country. What what does the treatment of Israel really have to do in our public schools with you know, uh, life in America? However, the the people who are planning this um, have this underlying ideology called decolonization, mm-hmm. and that means they want to portray. Um, America as, as a fundamentally illegitimate country that essentially stole land. So this is why the Indian mm-hmm. business is so front and center, the, the so-called land acknowledgement mm-hmm. and indigenous, that's what they call it. Education is just embedded throughout this, you know, in, in our public schools. But the, the claim is going to be that we are, our, our institutions are illegitimate because uh, we live on stolen land, and they will say the Israelis live on stolen mm-hmm. land. Mm-hmm. What we have, we got through theft, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's much easier to target uh, our current economic uh, system and institutions uh, when when students are, are are told that this is where 
our our prosperity came from. Mm. And this is exactly what the 1619 Project is yeah, as well. When yeah. Slaves, you no know, slaves, everything in America, everything good, all of our wealth came from the exploitation of slaves. Mm-hmm. Same, same narrative. Mm-hmm. And that that was even the purpose for the pilgrims coming over in the first place, you know, to maintain exactly. slavery, which is absurd. I mean, it's so well documented. <laughs> it's just, I just, you know, it's amazing to me. There's, they're shameless and they're willing to literally just whitewash over true history um, to create a narrative to sell their viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And they are um, interested in power. Yes. They want power. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, very, you know, <laughs> very unfortunately, our media doesn't quite get. No, they're uh, feeding what, right what into it. <laughs> they're feeding right into the agenda. And until until which point then suddenly they're being shut down, they need to take a look right. at what's happening in some of these other countries where they're further down this path, you yeah. know, like China. Right. And right. <laughs> um, yeah. actually, after after we have you on, we're going to be interviewing another woman who did um, escape from, I believe it's China. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh. she's going to be talking about how she's seeing similarities yeah. in the American society and just a lot of this legislation that's coming through, but, but nationwide, obviously not just in Minnesota. So I think this is what's dangerous is, you know, and this is, I think the reason why you're so passionate about getting this information and we are too out to people is that what gets presented as being just really nice, innocuous. We just want to get to know, you know, our diverse neighbors, um, which in my opinion has always been the case in America. It used to be called the melting pot because right. it was recognized readily that we were all coming from various backgrounds, but we were yes. forming one people group, one society, yes. one society. And um, so, you know, they're using using this to really usher in some very Marxist philosophies. And I know that we're down to just our last couple of minutes, but there are some specific things that were mentioned. Um, I believe it was by the person that was testifying, maybe that you'd mentioned earlier um, about, you know, wanting to defund the police and that this is yes. somehow going to be part of the pro- yep. part of the curriculum, defunding the police, um, making it easier for teachers to become teachers by eliminating the requirements to successfully pass a test in reading, writing and math. So that's where the teaching Basic standards skills. come in. Yep. And yep. so, yeah. So, you know, maybe just in this last minute, um, just share with us what you think um, is kind of the most critical thing for people to do right now to get involved and try to push this back. Well, I think the most critical thing is to uh, inundate legislators. Again, I don't think most of them really know what's going on here. And at Center of the American Experiment, we have created a tool to help you do that. Mm-hmm. So I urge everybody to just... Um, Google American experiment and bait and switch because our, our campaign, this is called bait and switch for obvious reasons. And uh, we, we lay it out very simply what's happening. And then we have um, a a box where you can, with a click of a button, you can um, email uh, governor Waltz and your legislators Mm -hmm. and, uh, Tell them what you 
what you think about this. So yeah, that, that is, is a very easy. It's a way to inform yourself and to to get to them as well. Absolutely. So Google American Experiment and, and yeah. go to Bait and Switch, and then you can click on the button and you can email copies of an email to um, Governor Walls and your legislators. That is great information. Right. I'm really glad to hear that there is a way for people to do that quickly and easily. Well, Catherine, as always, you are so helpful to help us unpack uh, so many details about this legislation, and we look forward to having you on again. But we thank you for being with us today, Catherine, and wish you all the best. And Abigail, it's always wonderful to do this show with you. Thank you so much, Catherine. Yeah. Always a pleasure. All right. And you can listen to this podcast or any other podcast of Education America on SaveTheClassroom.com. And you can find us at all the different places where you can download your podcast. See you next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.